0: Welcome to the Get Cozy podcast, where we talk all about the coziest of book genres, the cozy mystery. I'm your host, Christy Meyer, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and keeping you up to date on all the hottest cozy mystery releases. We'll be diving into the latest episode after these quick messages. So grab yourself a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. want to help support the podcast be sure to join our patreon we have different tiers to choose from to get weekly exclusive episodes membership in our book club and podcast merch you can even choose the coziest supporter tier and receive a monthly get cozy book box which includes one paperback copy of your choice from a selection of books by get cozy podcast guest authors to join visit patreon.com slash And if you want to donate to the show on a one-time or recurring basis, you can do that via Venmo at Get Cozy Pod. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're using right now and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for your support. You listeners are the heart of the show and I couldn't do any of it without you. Hi, hello, my cozy friends. Welcome back to another episode of Get Cozy Podcast. Grab your sunglasses and beach towels because today we're chatting with the author of one of my favorite beachy cozies, Smile Beach Murder. So before authoring the Outer Banks Bookshop Mystery Series, author Alicia Bessett worked as a reporter in her home state of Massachusetts, where her writing won a first place award from the New England Newspaper and Press Association. A pianist, published poet, and enthusiastic birdwatcher, she now loves living in coastal North Carolina with her husband, novelist Matthew Quick, who of course wrote the Silver Linings playbook. And I am just so excited to chat all about her new cozy mystery today. So, welcome to the show, Alicia. Hi. Thank you so much.
1: That was a lovely introduction and I'm very excited to be here. I'm I'm a fan of your podcast, so this will be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm a fan of your book, so that's the perfect combination. So Smile Beach Murder is the first book in the Outer Banks Bookshop Mysteries. So let's kick off the conversation today by having you tell us what this fun new series is all about.
1: Absolutely. Smile Beach Murder is about Callie Paget. She's 38 years old. She's a laid-off newspaper reporter, and she returns home rather reluctantly to Cattail Island, which is the island in the Outer Banks where she grew up. Uh, very quickly, she gets swept up in launching her own investigation of a suspicious death that has taken place at the local lighthouse. And she also gets swept up in investigating a treasure hunt. Um, It has been lying dormant for a number of years and it has resurfaced. And Callie thinks that this mysterious treasure hunt is somehow connected to the tragedy at the lighthouse. So that's, just plot-wise, that's what it's about. I would say Smile Beach Murder is about um, returning home, rediscovering your roots, rediscovering a pride in your roots, really. Um, I think it's a book about reinventing yourself, Mm -hmm. maybe in ways that you didn't realize were even possible. Um, It stresses the importance of community and books. And as with a lot of cozy mysteries. It's about setting wrongs to right.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and you know, on top of just having all the summer vibes, this book just has so much heart. And I I loved Kelly as a character. I loved the way you wove her mother's story into the mystery of the novel, and I really enjoyed their shared love of books, and it's just such a bright, summery, cozy that also really tugs at the heartstrings, and I already just can't wait for book 2.
1: Oh, I appreciate that so much. That's music to my
0: ears. Everything a writer wants to hear. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And you know, you do such an incredible job of world building in this novel. Cattail Island was utterly charming and the descriptions you used to paint a picture of the island were lovely. So if it's okay with you, I would love to share a passage from the book uh, where you describe Smile Beach. Yeah, by all means. Great. Great. The parking lot smelled like sunscreen and cedar trees and french fries. I breathed it all in, trotting past the burger truck parked in the shade, past the rows of cars steaming in the sun, and onto the sand-strewn ramp. Overhead, Purple Martins somersaulted against an impossibly blue sky. I heard the tling-tling of a bicycle and further south, the bellow of the ferry as it bumped the rubber-edged dock in the harbor. I mean... Wow, that is just like lovely sensory writing, like reading this, I felt like I was transported into the scene, so how do you write such vivid descriptions
1: christy, you're very kind. thank you <laughs>
0: um, it's
1: true i I am a probably a descriptive writer i don't like to linger too long with description, but I do enjoy write, writing it. I like to get to the action. Um, But I do think for a writer, you can you can get a lot of mileage out of a few choice, well-placed details. Mm -hmm. Um, As a kid, I was a poet and for many years I was really only interested in writing poetry. If if novel writing is macro, then obviously poetry is is micro Mm -hmm. and it forces you to focus on phrases Words, even each indiv- individual syllable and, and how it relates to the other sounds in the line and the other sounds in the whole poem. So, I do wonder if my early attention to words and sounds as a poet, a, a very young eight year old poet, <laughs> has had something to do with the writer I've evolved into who is attentive to detail. Mm-hmm um, my, my penchant for description also might be just a function of my personality. I'm an ISFP, if that, if that means anything <laughs> to you. Yep. So my, my sensory world is sort of switched on all the time. I can be flaky like anyone else, but I also have moments of feeling very tuned into my surroundings. And Noticing details and observant of details. So perhaps it's only natural that those personality traits translate onto the page
0: yeah i mean that completely makes sense and i can definitely tell that you were a poet uh, in reading this and i love the way that you just incorporate all the physical senses into your writing and you really do that throughout the novel so as a reader it just like really transports us into the outer banks and it just makes the setting feel really alive and i just loved that part of the book
1: cool oh that's good to know thank you
0: yeah so I also just love, love, loved the Mothervine bookshop. It's exactly the type of quaint, cozy bookshop that I like to go visit. And your love of literature was very clear from all the books and authors that you referenced throughout the novel. And I particularly enjoyed the references to Mary Higgins Clark. Um, I'm assuming you're an avid NHC fan yourself. So is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. I read a lot of
1: Mary Higgins Clark in my teens and twenties, um, the the books by her that I remember enjoying the most are probably considered her classics. So, um, where are the children? Was an mm-hmm. early one. Um, A cry in the night. A stranger is watching. That one was really creepy. Yeah. Um, are you a Mary Higgins Clark fan
0: yourself? <laughs> I I am. Um, I read a lot of Mary Higgins Clark when I was in middle school <laughs> because, you know, we didn't have middle grade and YA, YA genres as they exist now back then. So a lot of us just went straight from children's books to, you know, Stephen King or Mary <laughs> Higgins Clark. So yeah, her books were, uh, strangely enough, a big part of childhood for a lot of us.
1: Yes, that I think that is true. Um she did not write cozies. Her her books reach a level of fright that cozies they just don't have that gear, you know. Uh-huh. But I I wanted Callie in Smile Beach Murder to be dipping into a novel that she could see herself in and that reflected her own strength back to her, strength that she didn't even know she had. And so um, I chose a Mary Higgins Clark book. Um, Even though Mary Higgins Clark's universes are a lot more sinister than cozy universes, Mm -hmm. it seemed like a natural choice because I do think the typical MHC heroine shares a lot of the same attributes as the typical cozy heroine. So generally speaking, um, these heroines are they tend to be young, usually professional, um, independent women who are able to keep their wits about them even when they're afraid. So I, I, th- I think that's uplifting. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I, that's why I brought in the Mary Higgins Clark element.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it, um, reading this book made me want to go reread uh, Mary Higgins Clark books. <laughs> So I, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to have to start doing that this summer now. Nice. Yeah. And I found Callie to be such a likable, relatable character. I empathized with her from the very beginning of the novel and just kept rooting for her through the end. So what are a few fun facts about Callie that you can share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, Callie is, well, she's, she's a self-described lone wolf um she has not been very lucky in love or even in friendship but in smile beach murder when she returns home to cattail that that all starts to change for her um she is fairly health conscious she loves her um daily green kale smoothie Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. as do i and she is a runner um actually in early drafts of Smile Beach Murder, um, Callie was actually a marathoner and she oh. was logging like 9, 10, 11 miles a day. My agent, I think rightly, <laughs> suggested that Callie might be more relatable if she was just getting started in her running efforts. Okay. Because, you know, most people aren't marathoners. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a good idea and I I did scale back her running quite a bit in later drafts but but the running theme still still remains Mm. um i i think i think callie is braver than i am we we have a lot in common um she's definitely younger than i am and she's braver she she lives by the courage of her convictions cozies are escapist um but they do allow us to live vicariously and go on adventures that we might not be able to go on Mm -hmm. in real mundane life. So, so that's how I think
0: of Callie. She, uh, she does inspire me. She, yeah, she's so great. And I also thought it was really interesting that you and Callie share that past history of being former reporters you know, I certainly don't think authors always need to write what they know. But when they do, you know, they are able to go more in depth into whatever it is they're writing about. It's really fun for us readers um, just because it's cool to have like a learning experience while we're reading.
1: I agree. I I think my favorite books uh, usually teach me something that I that I didn't know. Um, and and I did fall back on my reporting experience as I was writing this book, it's not like I took anything, you know, straight from a headline and put it into the book. Right. But, um, I was, I was a reporter in my, actually my hometown in Massachusetts. Um, you know, so small town reporting kind of thing. And I do think what I learned about, you know, small town drama and quibbles Mm -hmm. um, found its way into, into the pages of smile beach murder. I think smile beach murder cattail Island is it's Southern in character, but um, that small town, new new England stuff, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there's a vibe there for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just for my own life. Yeah. I loved that. I thought that was so much fun. Uh, and another really fun little tidbit from the book um, in smile beach murder. Callie mentions that Agatha Christie was reportedly the first European woman to stand on a surfboard in shark infested waters off South Africa, no less. So is that a true fact?
1: <laughs> well i i'm not a historian i i don't know if that would hold up in a court of law but there are various um viable sources out there claiming that agatha christie was indeed one of the first western women or at least one of the first british women to take up surfing uh-huh. um, if if anyone listening is interested in this topic there's actually a really great little article on crime reads it's by the former editor of surfing magazine and he talks all about how agatha christie helped to popularize surfing a hundred years ago Um, and the article makes the point i'm paraphrasing here but he makes the point that when you think of agatha christie you tend to get this image of you know an old lady in a First stole, mm-hmm. which she was, but before she became an old lady in a first stole, she was she was a young woman in a first stole. She she was an adventurer, she lived all over the world, and she was actually um pretty athletic from the sound of it. Um at getting back to Smile Beach murder, Antoinette, who uh owns the Mother Vine bookshop is a former surfer herself and a, a current fan of mysteries. So I thought that little um, factoid about Agatha Christie's relationship with surfing would would be something that um, Antoinette would would know and mm-hmm. would celebrate. So that's why I included it.
0: That's so cool. I mean, just when, you know, we think Agatha Christie can't get any cooler, right? There you go. She may have also surfed with sharks. (laughs) That's just amazing. So this book had just such a fun summer vibe, like I've mentioned. And, you know, from the treasure hunt to hidden clues to curses and sharks, did you intentionally set out to write such a beachy read or did the setting kind of develop later in the writing process?
1: The the setting was there from the beginning, the the treasure hunt, the lighthouses, the beaches. Um, But I did lean into the beachiness um, as I revised. Mm -hmm. My aforementioned agent, uh, who is a keen editor, said about the first version of this manuscript that, that he read, he said, you've written this book that takes place at the beach, and that's great, but why not lean into that even more, let us feel like we're on vacation, mm-hmm. make it more destination-y was how he put it. Um, I love to revise. So when I heard him say that, I thought he's totally right. I know exactly what he's talking about. I can do this. So I, I revised and I, like you said, I pulled in sort of the, the summary lifestyle more. And I, I'm happy that I did that. I, I do think it makes the book feel even more, authentic and and even more escapist mm-hmm. in in the best sense of that word i i don't think escapist is a dirty word no. so <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think uh, escapism is a, a big reason why a lot of us do read cozies. There definitely are comfort reads. And I do think you nail that vibe in the book. Um, it makes you feel like you are on vacation, like you're laying out on a beach in the summertime, sipping on a margarita, and just escaping the world for a while. <laughs> great. Oh, that's great feedback. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, I also loved that Callie learned self-defense in this novel. I can't think of a more useful skill for an amateur sleuth to possess. And no. I really appreciated that you started building that skill set from book one of the series. So how did you go about researching the moves that Callie learns?
1: Oh, I, I love this question. Um, I think it's so important. So Callie's love interest, who happens to be a karate instructor... Is this guy named Toby, mm-hmm. um, and he wants Callie to learn self defense because he is afraid for her safety, and mm-hmm. he wants her to be empowered. And so she um, she goes along with it. And there are a few sort of training montages where Callie is learning these moves. Um, YouTube is how I researched. Um, YouTube is so so dangerous in some ways. I mean. <laughs> The rabbit holes are just wild, but uh, also very useful. Um, Mm -hmm. I searched for instructional videos aimed toward women and demonstrating practical moves that women can learn and execute should they, God forbid, find themselves in a scary situation. I, I spent a few days watching these videos and, you know, I would pause it and practice the moves. I really wanted to get into Callie's body, um, but also her mind, you know, like what was it like for her emotionally to be learning these th- moves that were foreign to her. Um, a few times I would pause the, the videos and call my husband over and be like, all right, grab my arm like this and I'm going to see if I, can, if I can break away or, uh-huh. you know, I'm going to try to poke your eyes, but don't let me. That sort of thing. <laughs> um, so he he did help with the, the research. Um, book two in this series, it's not out yet. It, it comes out uh, spring 2023. It's called Murder on Mustang Beach. Um, and I, it's not a spoiler to say this because this, this happens right off the bat, right in the beginning. But a body turns up in Toby's dojo. Wow. And... Toby becomes the prime suspect because even though he has this sort of um, gentle, giant personality, um, he is a fifth degree black belt and he's a deadly weapon. So book two gets into Toby's backstory a little bit. How and why did he become so highly proficient at kicking butt Um, and Callie in book two also continues her self-defense training and adds a couple new moves to her repertoire. So if the self-defense aspect was something you enjoyed in Smile Beach Murder, then you'll be happy to know that it continues on in uh, in Murder on Mustang Beach, which comes out next spring.
0: That's amazing. I already can't wait to pick it up, and I definitely think self-defense skills are something that all women should learn. And I do say that as a former teenager who was not at all thrilled when my mom made me take self-defense classes. But, you know, unfortunately, it's something we do need to know in this world. And I I love the idea that Callie isn't going to be helpless when her amateur sleuthing gets her into binds in the future novels. Um, And I do, I also have to say, I really appreciated um, Toby's character and how he is supportive and not, you know, a lot of times in in mysteries we have love interests that are like, "Don't do it, don't do it, it's too dangerous." And instead, he's like, you know, let me help you defend yourself because you're going to do this thing, and I support you. And it's scary, but you know, I'm going to help empower you instead of like trying to stop you from doing what it is you want to do.
1: Yeah. Oh, that that's good to hear. I I definitely wanted Toby to be a teammate, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he definitely came across that way. And I uh, am very excited to hear he's going to play such a major role in the next book as well. So the mystery in this novel very closely mirrors Callie's mother's own death. And I thought that brought a beautiful depth to the story and also really hooked Callie into helping solve the case. Was it challenging to write about a situation that brought up so much emotional pain for your main character?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I would say that Folding in Callie's mother's death was challenging in the sense that I wanted to keep Smile Beach Murder firmly in the cozy realm. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think there is a cozy spectrum. So some cozies are really light and sweet, and then other cozies like Smile Beach Murder are are darker and a little more intense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't want to fully cross over into something that wasn't cozy. So another way to say it might be, um, I didn't want Callie's personal trauma history to overwhelm the, the mystery aspect. So that was a tricky balancing act. I, I wanted readers to really understand her psychology, but I didn't want readers to get too sad about it either. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was cognizant of that as I, as I wrote. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I do think you pulled off that balance. Like I, I enjoy that you go there emotionally with Callie, but the book is definitely a cozy, it's light and escapist, like we've mentioned. Um, but you do have those moments where Callie feels the loss of her mother. And I think that that just brought her to life and made us readers want to root for her even more.
1: Great. Oh, you're such a kind interviewer. I, I really appreciate the, knowing that that's how you feel.
0: Well, I only uh, have authors on the show whose books that I enjoy, so it makes it easy to be a kind interviewer. <laughs> so Tin Man is one of my very favorite characters in the story, and I love that he has his own Tin Instagram. So can you tell our listeners who Tin Man is and what <laughs> inspired him?
1: I love Tin Man, and I I love that you love Tin Man. Uh Um, He is a silver tabby cat, um, a feral cat that became the bookshop mascot at the Mother Vine. Um, He has his own Instagram account. He loves fish tacos, and who could blame him? Um, And he may or may not have a bit of a psychic streak.
0: Uh
1: Uh-huh. One of my very favorite cozy mystery series, and I have a feeling you probably have a lot of listeners who share the same affection for these books, um, The Cat Who Mysteries by Lillian Jackson Mm Braun. These were really popular in the 80s and 90s when I was in middle school and in high school and just devouring these books one after the other. So there was The Cat Who Saw Red, Cat who knew Shakespeare, a whole slew of them. Um, for the uninitiated, they were about a, uh, a print journalist who solves crimes with the aid of his um, Siamese cat named Coco. and Coco is psychic. <laughs> so yeah. Tin Man, Tin Man is not as overtly psychic as Coco. With Tin Man, it's more something I play with or maybe just suggest or hint at in the background um but but i would say that tin man pays homage to those those books that were such a comfort to me as i was reading them um as a preteen and as a as an early teenager so
0: i love that and you know i always adore a bookstore cat um we live in utah pretty close to park city And um, we went to the Sundance Film Festival a couple years ago with my sister and brother. And there's this independent bookshop there called Dolly's Books. And they have like a super cute bookstore cat. So we went into the the bookshop, and apparently Bo Burnham was in there, and my husband was like trying to get our attention, and but like me and my sister and brother could not be distracted from the books and the bookstore cat. Like that cat was way more iconic and interesting to us than like the actual celebrities who were there. Yeah, bookstore cats are the best. You're like, but there's a cat here. Come Uh on, like great, but bookstore cat. So. (laughs) So I am really looking forward to more novels in this series. Um, You told us a little bit about Mustang Beach. Uh, Can you tell us anything else about what you're working on now?
1: Yeah. So Murder on Mustang Beach is book two, um, comes out in the spring of 2023 after the paperback release of Smile Beach Murder. These days I'm working on book three um it's not under contract i don't know if there will be a book three but i'm working on it anyway with my fingers crossed so we'll see
0: well that sounds great and i'm already excited to pick up uh, your next book in spring 2023 and we'll definitely be keeping our fingers crossed for more installments in the series thank you of course And, you know, our listeners love a good cozy mystery recommendation. So how about we end by each of us leaving them with a cozy mystery that we think they all need to pick up? Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. And I will let you go first. Okay. I have two, if that's okay. Absolutely. The more, the merrier.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I have a bookshop themed series that I am really loving um, it's called the Magical Bookshop Mystery Series by Amanda Flower, oh, yeah. and I read book one. It's called Crime and Poetry a couple of months ago, and I just tore through it. Just really strong writing. Um, it takes place in the Niagara Niagara area of New York, and if you like a little magic in your um, in your cozies, then I think you will really enjoy that series there are five books total in this series and i i can't wait to plow through them and the second recommendation i have is beach themed it's called the key west food critic mysteries by lucy Burdett. um book number 12 i believe comes out in august it's called a dish to die for um but the whole series is just great just very color, colorful, um, great supporting cast of characters, and you get to be in Key West. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, those sound amazing. They're both on my TBR, and it definitely sounds like I need to bump them up the list a little bit, because those sound like <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, highly recommend both of those. So a book series that I have been binging lately and that I wanted to recommend are The Flower House Mysteries by Jess Dillon. And that series is about a woman who unexpectedly unexpectedly inherits a flower shop and, you know, naturally a murder occurs during her first ever floral arrangement class that she's teaching and she has to jump into the investigation to try to save her reputation and her new store. And I just thought like a flower shop is such a lovely, cozy setting and she's got an adorable corgi companion that I am just absolutely in love with. And the series is set in Tennessee. So it also has that charming Southern vibe to it. And I just highly recommend them. That sounds great. I'll have to look out for that. Yeah, definitely. Well, wonderful. Alicia, do you want to leave everyone um, with the information for how they can contact you or connect with you online?
1: Thank you. Yes. Um, my website is com. And I do have a newsletter and I would love for people to sign up for my newsletter. It's, it's not irritating. It comes out once a month and there it's, it's fun. And a lot of exclusive content gets in there that doesn't make it to my social media. So oh, exclusive photos and um, interviews with other creative people and stuff like that. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Alicia Bissett books. Um, I'm not on Facebook as frequently. Instagram is more, my jam. So I'd love to have people follow me there too.
0: Wonderful. I I love it when authors have fun newsletters where they've got exclusive content. Some of the culinary cozy authors do recipes and I just, I love that. Newsletters can be so much fun. So I'm definitely going to, after we get done with this interview, hop over there and sign up for your newsletter. Oh, awesome. Thank you. That's great. Of course. And it has just been so much fun getting to talk to you and learn more about your book. And I really hope we can have you on the show again when the next book comes out.
1: I would really love that. And um, yeah, it it has been really fun speaking with you. I really enjoyed myself and I appreciate your interest in my book just so much. And um, I, like I said, I love your podcast and I think you're, your love for the genre really comes through. So thank you for what you do.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. That's just the, the nicest compliment. That means so much to me. Um, <laughs> and it seriously it was such a pleasure getting to chat with you. I I love getting to have the authors of my favorite books on the show. Like that's just such a treat as a reader to get to, you know, dig in and ask all the questions you have after you're done reading. So thank you again yeah good stuff take care you too and listeners thank you for joining us we'll have another episode of get cozy podcast for you very soon so stay tuned That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading and stay cozy.